you can't bump a Disney on ice to go get, you know, Hornets magic to, to fit into the schedule in April. Like that doesn't exist. Like Gaston is going to, is going to skate. All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good day. Wherever you are. Welcome to what did I miss? Today is fun. Because I had threatened this guy to be on here, and here we are, sooner rather than later. And there couldn't have been a more perfect time because the NBA is in flux. Zach Harper, welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, <laughs> I'm still angling to become a full-time co-host of this. Just oh, yeah. Because I, lo- I love writing coattails. So, like, that uh, for me well, is my sweet spot. So I have to get coattails, but then um, you're more than oh, welcome to ride that. Once you do, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, oh, my God, you won't be able to get rid of me. But, no, I'm, I'm excited to be on here. I wanted to just sort of divert this entire thing upon learning about your father's Instagram page, which we <laughs> yes, may have some sure. time to get into at the end. But unfortunately, we do have to start with some NBA. Um, okay, here's my thing with the NBA. Obviously, COVID has once again reared its ugly head. It never went away, but now it seems to be back and stronger than ever. And all of sports are being affected. And each league is handling it very differently, which is a, is a fascinating thing to watch from afar. Right. Specifically in the NBA, though, there are now rules in place about signing guys. There are uh, requirements. If you have more than two players on the COVID list, you have to. And where it gets confusing, I think, for some people is, A, where are these players coming from? We all assume just G League, but I think a lot of people didn't realize how the G League works and how it funnels into the various NBA teams. So can you make any of us smarter on this? Yeah, so there are there are scenarios like there are contracts in the G League where guys can guys are like not the property of the of the main team, right? Of the parent team, but like there's like you couldn't just go like, "All right, I don't want to pluck this guy," right? right. Um, but for the most part there is like this giant pool of free agents. So if if a if a player is under contract in the G League doesn't necessarily mean they can't be called up by by the parent team or signed outright by another team. And I think what's interesting about what the NBA is doing here with these hard hardship exemptions and the changed rules on how you can add players to roster and when and, and how many is that it one, it's clearly like we have got to limp to the Christmas games. Like right. that is just 100 <laughs> percent like we are going to get these five Christmas games in have to no matter what. Because as we saw last year or last well, I guess yeah last year, last season the Christmas games, like those tentpole holiday games, like that is a massive moneymaker for the NBA, and we are going yep. to get those games in no matter what. And so once once they they get through Christmas, I'm interested to see where everything goes with this decision making. You notice like they started like, hey, we're going to do these extra tests and protocols starting December 26th. Why? Right. Why December 26th, right? Like, And so with the G League, they're they're going to make it easier to bring guys up which is great for those guys but we also don't know like are those guys you know gonna pass health and safety protocols i mean stanley johnson got got signed as a hardship exemption i think by the bulls and then couldn't play because he didn't pass the protocol like there there's there's going to be a lot of these situations where we're just assuming okay they signed someone now we're good no like we don't know that they're going to pass everything so like the g league isn't exactly this you know, beacon of testing right now in the NBA for right. or even the G League for for making sure these guys are safe. And and it's really just like throwing stuff at a wall and hoping it sticks. Which so this is one of those few times in life where I find myself not with a very strong opinion on something because I I my mind changes daily on how this is all supposed to be handled. Right. On the one hand, I think we are so far into this thing time wise 
that it's crazy to me that there wasn't a legitimate contingency plan. It was almost as if we had all assumed by now we'd be fine. And it felt like we were headed in the right direction. And then Omicron comes along. And so mm -hmm. here we are starting over, it feels like. Secondly, I understand the idea of, of getting to the Christmas games, kind of. Um, for a lot of people, it's the unofficial official start of the NBA season. But if the product is so diluted, and, and not to be disrespectful to anybody, but <clears throat> let's be honest, if you're bringing a bunch of guys up from wherever, the ether, to play, that's A, none of us know who they are. B, that's not the team anybody's signing up to watch. And so I don't, I legitimately don't know what the best option is here. Do you have a strong opinion one way or the other of what could be work working and not this? I mean, I think more testing would obviously help. But even then, I mean, it extends obviously past athletes, right? Like I know a bunch of people are vaxxed, boosted, right. careful, caught it. Like it's yeah. it, like this, this, this variant is, is very serious, right? It, it's very, very, you know, transmittable. And so with, with everything the NBA is doing, like, I think it's a good job and a horrible job at the same time. And oh. it does, like, that's not like, it's not great analysis and it's confusing, but I really do. Like, I don't know what they're supposed to do other than pause the season, except they can't one, like I said, they got to get to these Christmas games. Cause that's a, that's a right. lot of money for them. But two, like, there is no cushion like there was last year to make up games. Like the, the games they have to make up from this weekend, it's like five games Sunday through Tuesday. Right. And, and those games are going to be a nightmare logistically to make up. Like, you know, you know how impacted that schedule is and the travel and everything and making oh, sure awful. the arena is, is available. Like there, you know, you can't bump a Disney on ice to go get, <laughs> you know, Hornets magic to, to fit into the schedule in April. Like that doesn't exist. Like, Gaston is going to is going to skate and it doesn't matter if you know LaMelo Ball needs to play basketball like that stuff just doesn't matter anymore and so getting these games in is going to be crazy you can't disrupt the calendar that much and and I really think like the answer it's, it sucks but the answer might just be well just keep signing people and then hopefully we'll we'll have enough to get a game in that is I mean I don't know about you but I I try to stay a little optimistic but this starts to just feel there is no end in sight is what it right. feels like. There are no answers because, you know, you have the NHL who's basically shut her down until after Christmas, which again, everything feels as a person just observing. It's mm -hmm. just so arbitrary. Like, sure. okay, you sh so what? Now after Christmas, what happens? It's better? No, of course not. But people, we don't know what to do. And again, it brings me back to, I'm shocked that there wasn't entire committees put aside and maybe they were, but they just didn't come up with anything that didn't have a, like a legitimate, it still feels like patchwork. Like every time anything yeah. happens, it feels like, well, we could try this. And I, I'm a little disappointed by that. I mean, you've got coaches having to sit out this whole protocol thing. You've got all the star, like these are star players uh, and the football NFL, everybody's getting mad at them because they seem to be fluctuating. And now it looks as though they're trying to just pretend it's away so that they continue with their games. And look, they have the disadvantage of being in their prime in the winter months. And so this is obviously the worst time of the year for all of this. Right. I don't envy anybody in the position of having to have these jobs. And then you have the Nets and Kyrie Irving and all of the rules that we thought were in place, the vaccination, this and that. You can maybe, yeah, you can play on the road, but you're in safety protocols. So what are we supposed to do with any of this? <laughs> like, I don't well, know how to handle the Kyrie Irving of it all. Yeah. Well, first, like, it's weird that uh, there would be this serious condition that the NFL would just ignore. That doesn't sound like them at all. That's Honestly, like, yeah, that's color me shocked. Right. Really. Yeah. It's. Yeah, I mean, we're all we're all still processing that idea. But um, yeah. with the Nets, like, oh my god, 
I'm fascinated to find out what happens when they don't need these like hardship exemptions. Like the reason they caved right. is like they need bodies on the court. Kevin Durant went out there and played 48 minutes in an overtime game and is probably exhausted and probably frustrated and saying like, hey, we do have this guy. And I don't think he's been like team Kyrie this entire time. Like not saying no. he's against Kyrie, but I think there are parts of him where he's like looking around. He's like, the hell is happening? I was yeah. supposed to have this incredible team. Like James Harden doesn't look like James Harden and Kyrie's not even around anymore. And um, you know, what, what am I doing here with Patty Mills and whatever's left of Blake Griffin? Like that, <laughs> like that seems like that's probably very stressful for him because it's not necessarily what he signed up for. And so they cave because they need players. And so now Kyrie, of course, like you couldn't have written it any better. Like Kyrie's going to play on the road. Hold on health and safety protocols for the guy that is infamously unvaxxed and like refusing to do this, right? Refusing to comply. And how does it even make sense? Right? Like what? So what? You're just going to show up on the road and and you're going to be around everyone. And again, I understand that not vaccinated, vaccinated, everybody's getting it. We all know that. But the vaccination is what is allegedly keeping those of us who are safer. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I don't I, I get it. T times have changed and it is now more chaotic than it was. It was a lot easier to make this declaration about Kyrie Irving when it just felt stable. You know, sure. There were fans yeah. in the stands. Everybody was living their lives. It felt like we were headed back in the right direction. And then poof, everything has changed. But for me, the Kyrie of it all is it's the playing on the road only because he still he won't be able to play in New York State. Correct. No, he's able to like practice. He's able to practice because they got that deemed a private facility, so they get to make their own rules with that. But no, to play, like, no, he's not allowed. He's. I don't think he's allowed. I guess I don't know what the traveling rules are, but like, I don't think he's allowed right. to play in San Francisco. I don't think he's allowed to play in L.A. Um, I could be wrong. So does about he the fly LA private? Part. Does he meet them in yeah, cities? Does he go on, on the, the team same plane? Like, right, right? Like you can't I like know. I know there was a there was a Nets book about like, oh, my God, they're doing all these things to cater to these stars, which like, yeah, I mean, that's how NBA teams operate that's, with star players like that's Hello. Like, but like, that's yes, the world. Do, you, do you charter a, a second PJ or something to yeah. to get Kyrie to all these games? Like I, I don't I legitimately don't know. I don't know what that logistic is for him. And at the same time, the fascinating thing to me is when they don't need those players again. Do you now say like, all right, Kyrie? back to not being able to play right. at all. We're not going to like have this middle ground for you anymore because it is truly disruptive. Like, I mean, what was, was it Roger Clemens that like only pitched home games that when he was an Astro or something like that, like that sounds kinda, right. Actually, it's kind of the opposite of that, but it's, but it's for a reason where it's like, not just like, here's some old dude who doesn't have to do anything anymore. So he doesn't want to. And he just wants to make sure that he gets his, <laughs> you know, alleged steroid prescriptions delivered on his doorstep and he can bring those them were the for his wife, Zach. They sorry, were for, they were for his, his wife. wife, right? She has a thyroid <laughs> condition or something. I don't know what it was, but, uh, but with, with Kyrie, it's like, and, and also the re I mean, we don't have to get into all that, but like the voices of the voices for someone who doesn't speak about any of this stuff, like doesn't really make sense. And, yeah. and I think it's a perfect representation of what the NBA is going through right now, though. It's just like, yeah, we have these hardline stances to take and we're taking this very seriously. Oh, <laughs> Hold on, things got worse. Don't, we need to yep. ah, we, let's uh, let's adjust. And I don't blame them for that. And I don't necessarily blame the Nets for that. It's just maybe the answer is no more fans in the stands for a while. Which is so not that's the, happen. that's what I was yeah. thinking. It's not going to happen because we just got there. The other thing mm -hmm. is I and not to be morbid. I don't I don't want it to sound that way, but I wonder how much each league is watching the others because. Really, this is all about the players as far as their health is concerned. You know, we've got this right. list of superstars across all the sports who are on this list. 
And we have no idea the severity of it, which is my number one pet peeve right now at this time, is there should be a coded system for the severity of symptoms everybody is suffering. Because mm -hmm. I feel, just as a rando American watching the ticker fly all day long, I'm starting to feel that sort of panic again that I did when yeah. this all first started. Because all these names tested positive, but we have no idea. Are they fine? but they're asymptomatic. Are they really sick? And I, I don't think it's doing us any favors by not really telling us anything. We just see the positivity and think, oh my God, everybody has it. All of New York has it. And I, it's making things worse mentally, I think, for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that what's interesting is, is early on with the reporting when players were getting it, you'd got that thing thrown in there of like, but they're asymptomatic. Right? right, you don't necessarily get that right now. You get it a little bit, but and maybe there's some HIPAA stuff going. On. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Like I I don't know that that but whole. But yeah, but you don't have to it. be to say yeah. HIPAA. You just have to know the you words. You just say HIPAA, and you sound HIPAA. like it, yeah. You sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so with with that, like I don't know. I know that there's some real dangers in reporting a lot right. of this stuff. It's become more commonplace and it's become more normal. I also don't like kind of like building off what you said, I don't like that we just treat this like it's part of the injury report. Right. I think that's wildly irresponsible to be like, oh yeah, you know, this guy's out with an ankle injury. This guy is recovered from ACL surgery. These three guys are in health and safety protocols because one has COVID and the other ones have contact trace and everything. But yeah, it's all part, like, I don't, I don't think we should do that. I it's think very that is wildly point. irresponsible. And so yeah, it's... I, I just, I, I don't know. Like the, a, Color-coded system, that, that sounds like a great idea. More information and more talking about this, which I get, like, for some people, it's like you're just beating them over the head the with fatigue. the COVID bat. Yeah, like, sure. I get there's fatigue, but this isn't going away. And I also think this, like, I think this season, more than anything, is going to be a huge blueprint for what the NBA does in the future. Because you're right, like, this isn't going away. Like, this oh, is going to be a thing for a long time, like seasons and seasons and this seasons. This is our new normal. It's yeah. very, and, and there will be there will be variants for the rest of our lives. Like, that's how these mm -hmm. things work. Yeah, right. gonna, if they haven't killed us, they're going to come up with another one. And it's right. going to be, you know, it is what it is. But it's the morbidity of, like, the idea that we're watching each league to make sure, like, we don't lose a player. You know, we don't lose mm -hmm. an athlete to this thing. Because when that happens, if that happens, I think that's when this all becomes just a crap show. Right now, yeah. it's sort of we're treading water. We're trying to still keep the business intact. We're trying to get butts in the seats and games on TV. But under all of that is still this idea that like, so far, knock on wood, we've made it through this mm -hmm. with the athletes. I mean, that's what everyone's paying attention to at this point. Right. But I, I wonder how much they're just sort of watching each other and waiting if the worst part of this comes. Yeah, and I think the, on top of that, like we won't know for a long time, right? We don't know the long-term effects even still. And and we've seen studies and everything like it messes with your heart. Well, in the NBA, I mean, Larry Bird has talked about this. Like he doesn't expect to live past, you know, 75 or 80 or whatever it was because tall people, their hearts give out like more more often, right? Like they're, Like so if this is messing with your heart and you're already susceptible yeah. to – you know, heart conditions down the road. Like, who knows how that accelerates things? Yeah, we'll never know that. We may never yeah. know that, actually. And I, w I will say this, because I know that the argument, I've, I've literally had this argument with myself for two days. The argument about a color-coded system is, well, you don't want to minimize the severity of what this virus can be by letting people relax. But my, my, my counter to that is, those people who don't believe in this thing or don't want to be vaccinated, they are that, their minds are made up, right? Yeah. The rest of us, I, I include myself on this, that are vaccinated and I am boosted and I am trying to do everything that I'm supposed to be doing. Same. 
But now you're panicking me again because I don't know the severity of it. I, I feel like that's more who I'm, I'm wanting this color-coded system for. I don't want it for the people who want to use it as an argument like, see, it's just a flu. Right. I, no, I'm I not thought even it was talking orange about today, but yeah. it's not orange. <laughs> right. Like, it's I'm yellow. Not, they're not part of like, this. Right, yeah. No, <laughs> you're, like, you're right because it's it, at this point, those people are not going to be convinced. Yeah, it's like it's they fine. are what they're in their own group and they are what they are. So yeah, like I it, creating more information. And if the idea is like, well, what if they make fun of us? They're making fun of us already. <laughs> when, when did that stop? I saw a TikTok <laughs> where this like middle-aged woman said, I'm not a vaccine hoochie. Like they're making fun of us. Like, well, what kind of hoochie is she? Well, I don't, I, I, I think I we didn't know. Get, I didn't get to that, but we know. She wasn't going to let the needle go in her arm or her butt. That was the crux of the whole... There was a rap. It was awful. I'll send it to you. It's great. But oh, no. It's, is it a white lady rap? I can't. I can't do any more. It's an old white lady rap. Like, of course it is. Because there was the... Question. Well, not to go down this, but there was the woman at, like, a city hall meeting of about town... Like, a town of probably 300 people with a Santa hat on doing, like, Mariah Carey's version, but it was an anti va And I just was yeah. like, A, it took a lot of work. I mean, that, that alone was impressive. That's a creative but, process. Like, yeah, that's... Right? You can't just... Well, speaking of, that's teasing our Twas the Night Before coming up later in this episode. But anyways, we're going to take a quick break. We can get off the COVID, come back, talk happy things like Steve Kerr and Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back. We are, we're off. We're off that. We're going to do some positive stuff now. Steve Kerr officially took hold of the reins he'll be the new u.s coach i love that he gets to start in paris that mm -hmm. is perfect Amazing. um and we were it's not so much as how do you feel about steve kerr unless you're like someone who had opposition to him being named this coach no. which i yeah so that's no, what i I'm, figured i'm a fan yeah <laughs> so i'm skipping to the second part had he turned this down or if he wasn't interested was there a clear-cut second choice in your mind for the for the gig I mean, everyone's kind of talked about for years like Brad Stevens is going to be this guy eventually. But now that he's executive Brad Stevens, I don't that, <laughs> I don't know if that's can you just jump into coaching no. part time? Like, I don't think that's how that works. I know Jeff Van Gundy's done some stuff with like whatever G League version of the USA team that we have to throw out there for some weird qualifying tournaments here and there. Like, but that's that's a like that's not necessarily the same thing. And so I don't think there was a clear cut. Like, I, I think. You know, maybe maybe they would have tried Monty Williams, right? Maybe they try to get him into the mix. Right. Um, but yeah, like I think it was kind of like Steve, we really need you to accept yeah. this. Like we don't necessarily have a plan right now because I think they also thought Pop was going to be along a little bit longer than he was, and um, despite being an old man, and 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 I think that <laughs> they you. had to like accelerate that process a little bit. Yo, first of all, Pop got a haircut, so. Pop's living right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's something going on. Pop yeah. is living. I also, there was a part of Steve Kerr's press conference yesterday that just hit me hard and I kind of loved it and I want kids to hear it because, you know, because I know a lot of kids are listening right now. He said, I was 49 when I started coaching and I'm sitting there like 46 going, I have three years to figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life and then crush that. And it was such an optimistic moment. Like, he's right. He started at 49 coaching. Yeah. Look at him. Look yeah. at him. That's hope. Yeah, that is. I mean, you can reinvent yourself at any time, you know, like it's <laughs> the second I become funny enough to do comedy right now, I'm going to do that. Okay. I'm going to reinvent myself to do that. It's, it's my, like, my it's, standing it's joke checklist. is that I literally will say something inappropriate that I think is hilarious. And then I'll look around at my friends and be like, should I add that to my three minutes for open mic? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I find, Michelle, I find that if you just keep saying it 
over. You just keep repeating it until someone reacts with a laugh. That oh. really that either that or explaining why it's so funny. I think. Well, that, the grosser yeah. I come up with it, I'm like, that's that is money. How are y'all not dying right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is some funny shit. No, I, I'll just say what we're all thinking, <laughs> Michelle. You and I are criminally and historically underrated as Thank comedic you. voices. Yeah, I think it's our beauty that has sort of. Taking For people sure. away from yeah. what we really are, and that's comedic geniuses. I know some Thanks. of this is going to be captured video and put out. Like, this doesn't just happen. <laughs> I didn't just roll out of bed 18 <laughs> minutes ago, finally going, I can't hit the snooze anymore. Let me brush my teeth and get some coffee right. and <laughs> take my dog out and then sit in front of this uh, this microphone oh, for Michelle. Like, this doesn't just, This is hours of work. Not, my favorite part about podcasting is the hours I wasted in makeup chairs for years and years. And now I'm like, oh, we got to be on in four minutes. Tinted moisturizer, mascara. Let's go. <laughs> it's my favorite part just, of all I of this. I just look at the mirror. I was like, you don't really look like you've been crying that much. Yeah, let's, let's just get in front of a microphone. God, that's never one right, mistake Michelle, you tell yourself. Newsflash, Zach Harper has feelings. Okay, It's the holidays, Zach. This it's is what we all holidays, cry. It's the holidays, exactly. Merry Freaking Christmas. All right, Chris, speaking of, wow, what a segui. We, just, we nailed that. We nailed that. All right, Christmas, it, it's coming. It's a few days away. So we've got games. We've got five to be exact. You want to do some, uh, what are you looking forward to, by the way? Which game? We've got Hawks at Knicks, Celtics, Bucks, Warriors, Suns, Nets, Lakers, Mavs, Jazz. That's probably the weakest of them all. But yeah, which one um, are you looking forward to the most? Who's going to have the most NBA players in it? That's the one I'm looking forward to the most. <laughs> I'm no, looking I mean, at I, it going... I, I, <laughs> Warriors. Uh, Warrior, Warrior Suns. Warrior Suns is, yeah. the, is the sexiest game there. I get like the whole KD LeBron thing, but Warrior Suns, like that's going to be the best basketball. Their two games so far this season have been really fun. Are you right now in the mindset, because I find myself being there, that the Warriors, especially when Clay, this is, it's their season. It's theirs to lose, I feel like at this point. Yeah, and I, I didn't feel that way before the season. I thought like, oh, they'll be good, right? Like they'll be someone who avoids the play-in tournament. Maybe they get a top four seed in the West and they can you know, have uh-huh. home court advantage in the first round and everything. Like I didn't think they were going to be anything close to this. And I also, I don't know what to think with Clay Thompson. I don't know what to, what's reasonable to expect. Right. I can't imagine he's going to play a whole lot. Like he's not going to play in back-to-backs and everything. And defensively, I have concerns as, as everyone does because that was such a big part of why he's so special. But he doesn't even have to hit shots. He just has to be out there. Like just people are going there. to, it's not like people are going, let's see if Clay can still hit a jump shot. Like that's not going to be, that's <laughs> no. not going to be on the scouting report. It's going to, if you leave that guy, we're going to consider cutting you. Like that's yeah. going to be what the scouting report is. And so he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't even need to be good. He just needs to exist out there for that to open up even more for Steph. What's crazy is like Steph has been so good this year and he's been, you know, gunning for the three point record and everything. If you look this is the worst he's ever shot from three point range. Which is other insane. than that, other than that five game season, which doesn't count when they're no. when he got hurt and then they decided to tank. Like other than that, <laughs> that that's like this is the worst he's ever shot, and it feels like most nights that oh my god, this guy's on fire. And so, um, yeah, like I think the Warriors, barring any injury, I don't know how you could think that they're not in the driver's seat. Like yeah, I get I Brooklyn's either. super dangerous, and Phoenix is really good. Like Phoenix, I don't think it was a fluky thing. Like they're proven, no. like they're legit. But, I mean, the Warriors are just like, it's the worst style of basketball to play against. The and I, it worst. feels like the baby face assassin. Like, to me, it feels like they've been sitting up north in California. They're watching the Lakers get all this press. They're mm-hmm. old. They're doing this. They're doing that. That's all anybody ever talks about. And it's just they're seething and they cannot wait. To me, that's what it feels like. Like, like they just, not just that they want to win, but they just want to shut everyone up because everyone wrote the Warriors off. It was just all yeah. Warriors, all Warriors. And then, oh, well, I guess they're done. And we've all moved on. And that can't sit well with competitors like that. Yeah, and I agree with you on Clay. Him just being out there, that injection of 
everyone's been waiting for this. Mm. I'm not even a Warriors fan, and I'm excited about it. Right. That's how I, I mean, know. That's I mean, he's just and and he's just so likable, right? Like yeah, yeah, I don't know how much is. you consume his Instagrams where he's like there's nothing more exciting than him being Instagram live on a boat. <laughs> like that like when he's Living. on a boat like that is the most excited I am at anything in sports right now and my favorite <laughs> baseball team won the World Series. Like that is like how so into Clay Thompson I am like he's just so much fun and so for him to go out there that team loves him in a way that most most guys don't feel from their teammates like that like he is really the soul of that that team and the barometer of that team in the locker room and so to he's see him dude. back out there yeah like he's just he's so fun he's, he's so fun, fun and, and they're fun yeah so we're gonna do this because obviously you're gonna be back on we'll do predictions yeah, so Ooh, the west okay. you're taking warriors to go to the finals is that your prediction on that yes i'll yeah i think it's gonna be warrior sons it's super super risky to go with the one and two teams in the west to play well in the it's a ballsy finals, move but, but, but it's, gonna be, it's gonna be warriors sons <laughs> and and i think the warriors win it yeah okay and, and the east gets a little bit different i guess <sighs> this is tough you know what i'm gonna go off the board here i'm gonna go miami heat i think the miami heat whoa get healthy now the last two two years ago i told everybody the heat were gonna go to the finals and they did and then last year, I told everybody the Heat were going to go to the finals, and they got swept, and Bryn Forbes outscored Jimmy Butler in a playoff series. But I feel pretty good about round three with this. Um, it's got to work sometimes. I'm worried about the Bucks not having Brooke Lopez, and I don't Fair. know if he's coming back. Um, and so that, that concerns me because he's a big part of combating a lot of that stuff in the East. And then the Nets, I don't know. I don't – I mean – I trust Kevin Durant. I don't know. But I don't know about the I don't know if James Harden's going to get his powers back. I don't know if Kyrie Irving's going to help or hurt the team in any way or be allowed to How many to games play. is he? Is seven over under seven games? I don't know. I have no idea how many games I mean, he's going to end up playing. The, Zero. Like, unle unless he gets vaccinated, they're like... He's not going to be able to play in home games no. in a playoff series. No. That's crazy. It's confusing. That's crazy. And so Ugh. I love the Bulls. I think they're they're a fun story. But the Heat, if healthy, I think the Heat are a team that can disrupt everything. So if we make it to June, Heat Warriors, oh, Zach Harper. Make it to we're, we're not going to make it to That's no, adorable no, beats. Oh, no. <laughs> so make it to idiot. June of 2022? Oh, this good climate? luck. <laughs> get out of here. Well, on that super positive note, Merry Zach, Christmas, thank you so everybody. much. Ah, happy New Year. <laughs> good Lord, we're taking a break just to cry and we'll be back. I'll be back. You get to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be back. We thought we'd end things today a little bit differently as it's the last show before Christmas and we know everyone will be spending it with their loved ones, I hope. Uh, if not, that's okay too. Sometimes it's just depressing. But for you, we've established some art. Matt Havia, who has apparently been discovered as being a genius, is the one who did this and I am proud to share it with you now. Gather around. Twas the night before Christmas. Lambo's calf was on fire. Recovering in the hot tub after being kicked by Urban Meyer, the stockings were hung by the chimney with glee, while the world watched Steph Curry shoot yet another three. Lewis and Max were nestled all snug in their race car beds, while visions of Abu Dhabi danced in their heads. And Paul Pierce with his hookah, as the kids say, no cap, said, I'm telling you, in that wheelchair, I did not take a crap. When out on the lawn there arose such a noise, I thought to myself, OMG, it's the island boys. Away to the window I flew like a flash, fully prepared to pelt them with trash. A light flashed in the night right in my face. Michael Strahan whizzed by. He was going to space. I looked down below at the street full of cars and saw a group of NBA all-stars. 
A man stood among them yelling, I expect a ring! At that point, I knew it must be the king. He had them run laps while wishing the Lakers had Dame, and when they slowed down, he called them by name. Run Russ, run Mello, run AD and Dwight, run Rajan, run DeAndre, or we'll do this all night. His screams didn't help. His teammates were slow. Then under his breath, I miss Caruso. I ran downstairs to grab a drink and heard two voices in the yard. Antonio Brown was showing Aaron Rodgers his fake vaccination card. Antonio, that card looks fake. It's not the right size. If they ask you, Aaron, just say you're immunized. Before I could turn and run away, Adele pulled up in a beautiful sleigh. I sat down with my drink and to my delight, her boyfriend, Rich Paul, sang a silent night. I was soon startled by a rumbling sound, a man in the chimney fallen to the ground. He got up, confused, and said with a drawl, Sorry for dropping in. The front door was locked, y'all. He looked like a coach or at least dressed the part. I offered him water. He said, Bless your heart. I thought to ask who he was or demand that he tell me, but with an accent that bad, I knew it was Brian Kelly. I asked why he left. He tried not to cry, but then Jake Paul appeared and punched him right in the eye. What are you doing? I yelled in disbelief. Paul yelled, I'm undefeated and punched my favorite wreath. I told him to get out and I watched him run away. And on his way out, he tipped over Adele's sleigh. I went back to bed muttering, this can't be true. Maybe things will be normal in 2022. I pulled up the covers and turned off the light. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs>